lights, sirens, heroes. You're listening to the Unreasonable Grounds Podcast. All right, the intro music is done. You've got the Unreasonable Grounds Podcast here, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in with us again. This is the podcast for first responders by first responders that has everything to do with first responder work that is actually not the work itself, but everything around it. This is the podcast that really supports the times in between the shifts that go from after (laughs) shift the cool down, I guess you would say, the the coming down from the actual shift and the craziness that first responders like you and I get see every single day to before shift. Those, you know, before shift warriors that maybe uh, get a couple movies in, get a couple episodes of something interesting in and possibly knock down a couple of donuts. So absolutely. It is July 20th, 20th, 2021, 2021. This is episode nine. Mike, it's been nine episodes, and I do this every single time. I say, can you believe it's nine episodes already? And I can't believe how many people have downloaded the podcast. You were saying, what, 802, I think, yeah, was I th- the last number you told me? Yeah, I think we're at 802 downloads to date on Spotify, on Podbean, on Google Podcasts. That means as my well mom's as downloaded it like 800 times. See, here's the problem. is that <laughs> It doesn't go by individuals. It's people that are coming back and, and, and new people. Oh, wow. Can you believe That's that? Crazy. 802 downloads. So, guys, thank you so much for coming on. And now yeah. we've already spoken about where we actually find the podcast and where you found this episode, which would be at one of those different locations. And first and foremost, we're going to set it with the started off, I guess you would say, with a caveat. And a caveat is this, and we're starting to do this more and more in episodes. But this podcast itself is a law enforcement uh, first responder, whether that be police, fire, ambulance, paramedicine, search and rescue, whatever it might be. This is for you, the first responder. And because it's for you, by you. The opinions expressed on the Unreasonable Grounds podcast are just that. It is just the opinions of Mike and I sitting here face-to-face, or if we have special guests, it is just our opinions. Our opinions do not reflect, or anything that's said on the podcast does not reflect any policy or opinion or anything with relation to any organization in Canada or North America, even though we might discuss them and praise them or put you know some agencies down for their choice of poor police vehicle design or whatever it might be we are not associated with those this is just us sitting here in the grounds garage the the headquarters of the podcast here in parksville the podcast location and headquarters that you the listeners actually came up with and voted for which i'm very help happy and grateful for thank you very much But it's what we do. So we're going to get to this, Mikey. What's the first thing that we do every single episode? We break donut. Let's do that. Let's do it. So today, Mikey had the opportunity to go out and visit the OG. That's right. Uh, I went to none other than the Hockey Central donut shop, Tim Hortons itself. And uh, I've scored a new one that they've got. And my understanding is that you haven't had one of these. So we've sliced it in half. Uh, and I'm sharing my new addiction with you because, uh, you know, if I don't get one of these, I get really itchy and I start scabs and the bugs under my skin and stuff. It's like a reverse allergy. I am totally addicted to these donuts and I am like stealing copper wire to pay for these donuts. <laughs> <laughs> I 
find you outside a lamppost, like pulling out wiring. Doris in her house across the streets going, I wonder why my streetlight went out. Mike's hiding in the shadows, pulling the cable back. Yeah. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to get into this. This is actually, it's interesting because yes. uh, this is a part of the Unreasonable Grounds podcast itself. For the people that are tuning in for the very first time, where the hell have you been? This is yeah. episode nine. There's lots of really good content and episodes. I don't even remember half of them now, but go out and check them out. There was Donuts. There were Support Retired Legends. There was Ryan Hutton from the Sudbury Police Association and Sudbury Police. And there was several other episodes with Lee and Kenny. But the biggest thing that all those things have in common is that we are able to break Donut. And this is how we cheers. We set off the podcast. We set it up right. Today, we're going to do this with the Tim Hortons Donut. Mikey, cheers, buddy. Cheers. To number nine. Just to make sure too much of this lip smacking doesn't get edited out. I'm going to talk Ooh, a little, little plate bit. Noise. Did you hear that plate noise? Yeah. It's authentic. You know you're in the grounds garage when we got a kitchen rag and and <laughs> plates. Only only the best so for our listeners. Uh, only the we're best. experiencing the uh, Tim Hortons uh, Vanilla Cream Dream Puff Donut, I think is what they're calling it. And... Uh, all right, I, I, I'll Give let me you a review there, Mike. I'll let you finish up on that one because this is your thing. This is your baby. It sounds like so. No, um, just my newest addiction. All right, puff pastry. So very light. I'll give you that much. Uh, I found the uh, the cream on the inside because it's a, a filled donut. I'm not really sure how they're doing it. Now, I used to work at Tim Hortons, so I know the magic behind the curtain. The you know, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz of of uh, restaurants and donut mm-hmm. places because no one really ever gets to see the back of that place. I, I won't lie. This is half the reason why I brought this donut in for you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll say this is that, uh, like I said, the cream itself, there's a bit of a tang to it. I think I feel like there's a bit of a lemon citrusy something or other going on in there. Um, it's very light. I, I think you're tasting the vanilla, Mike. Sure. Is that vanilla? Yeah. Uh, the puff, let's get to it. The puff pastry was actually quite light. and uh, But you know what? It's weird because after having the McDonald's donuts, I will say this is that this one, my personal opinion on this one, and God knows we've said enough about Tim Hortons in the last eight episodes over the last <laughs> almost year we've been doing this. There's a bit of a chemical aftertaste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it just me, or you got it? No, it's definitely there. And I think, again, Tim Hortons will, I think, you know, at least in my time, always be the OG. But I think... It is the solid five. Yeah, I mean, again, like I was saying, I, I really like it. I give it a thumbs up. It's, uh, it's something I like to get. They released another one with this one as well because again it's one of their limited time specialty donuts and it's like a strawberry crunch or something it's terrible i don't think strawberries need to be on donuts to be honest no, with there's you there's no actual strawberries it's like a strawberry cake crunch or something but like that it's probably made out of like strawberry simulated syrup yeah and it's just like there's chunky bits and stuff and it's just yeah simulated it. strawberry bits yeah i don't know but again they're not even trying to be strawberries i think it's trying to be like strawberry cake or something it's so. made out of rat tail like rat tail and like nails and stuff they grind yeah, off of yeah. experimental mice exactly you're like that was a bit far tim hortons it's, def- it's plausible tim hortons is definitely not sponsoring yeah. this podcast no. there's absolutely no way in hell that tim hortons or oh, Mc- we always refer to them as the og they so are let's the OG. face it i'm know? actually thinking about if we can get away with the logo 
you probably can't get away with the logo, but actually doing an OG donut uh, t-shirt possibly for the podcast. Oh, I think that it, it's a, it's a possibility there. I think maybe have some fun with it. Well, but, you uh, know, at, at the end of the day, Tim Hortons, I think remains the bar in which we judge things for. So, uh, they're large enough to easily be vilified by everyone, ourselves included to some degree, but we keep going back. So we, it's obviously keep, not that bad, <laughs> but it's almost like we have no choice. It, it's, it's like me working up in Northern BC. It's yeah, like, yeah. I hated Seven Eleven foods, but unfortunately I had no goddamn choice. I had to go there. <laughs> It's either that or starve. And I didn't yeah. feel like starving in the wild. No. <laughs> it's like I'd have to forage my own food, and it just wasn't happening. So in this case, I would go back to Tim Hortons because it's they're always open. Yep. And they <laughs> sometimes make donuts late at night. But, uh, yeah, you know what? I'd have it again. I'd definitely have it again. I think if it was wintertime, mm-hmm. this is not a summertime donut the way I look at it. You know, there's some that are summertime donuts that can get away with it. I like the lightness of this one particularly. You know, the, the lightness really spoke to me. I don't feel like I'm eating a big, you know, hockey puck of sugar. I felt that it wasn't overly sweet. And some of the ones that I've had from multiple places, Tim's included, uh, have just been, again, masking true flavor with an abundance of sweetness. Yeah, they over-simulated. So, yeah. Uh, if it's not sugar, it's sucralose or sucralose or something like that. Yeah. The, uh, I, I, I will say that the it's probably a third of the weight of the old-fashioned glazed. Or the mm-hmm. sour cream glaze, sorry, the sour cream glaze. Okay. Because that's, like you said, is basically a hockey puck, and it's probably heavier than a hockey puck. Yeah, and it's that old-school, dense, old-fashioned style donut, yeah. right? So, and, and you can tell we're Canadian, Abe, eh? just a bunch of hosers. Just coming up with the hockey puck reference there. <laughs> we could use anything for a reference there, and it's just, you know, we're from Manitoba or Saskatchewan. <laughs> you say, oh, what are you going to use as a, a source of measurement? Oh, it's better than a hockey puck. See, I grew up on the island out here, so anything east of like Chilliwack is is the, is the Maritimes. <laughs> it's the east of it's Maritimes. <laughs> You're like, forget the prairies, forget the plat, the flat stuff yeah. that's out in the middle of nowhere. It's just like, hey, no. I it, flew out of Calgary one time. I saw Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> the plane kind of went off and banked around, and I'm like, oh wow, that's really flat. The best part about this is that we actually have a few American listeners to the podcast and they're just like, what are you talking about? It, it, it's the difference between like California or like Washington State and Wyoming. You is know, Wyoming flat? Yeah, Wyoming's Where pretty do they flat. Grow it would be like corn. Ne- be Nebraska? Nebraska. Nebraska. Nebraska, Kansas, like yeah. all those Nebraska's areas kind of the be center of the country. Probably uh, flat. Wisconsin. Well, that's like right below Saskatchewan. Uh, Manitoba. Oh. Isn't it? I think the Dakotas are south of Saskatchewan, so the North and South Dakota. Okay, it's kind of like that Alberta, Saskatchewan kind of border area there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm just, my point is, is I think it's hilarious that we're using a hockey puck for a reference. So uh, yeah, definitely not a hockey puck. It's a good solid donut. Uh, it's a five. I'll give you that. I will yeah. give it a five. Um, if I was going back, if I wanted something light and I didn't want to have like a Boston cream, I didn't want anything like that. Definitely, I'd be hitting that up for as long as they're around so if you are you're going to give it, it a try limited edition yeah give it a try why not so today the purpose <clears throat> of actually some nice coffee yeah it, exactly we're going to wash down some decent coffee and i'm absolutely stunned i'm stunned it you know we've got some fire department coffee ftc and we got into that and i'll tell you this i'm absolutely stunned and blown away by the coffee uh, that we were able to try today. Thanks to Raina, one of my colleagues. Uh, yes, she was able you, to Raina. help us out with that. Give us a couple to try out. It is fantastic. 
Tim Hortons doesn't sponsor us. Fire Department Coffee doesn't sponsor us. Nothing like that. This stuff is really, really, really good. And I'm actually going to go out and buy some. Similar to a Black Rifle Coffee. As I'm actually yes. impressed with that level. Similar, I'm almost thinking that it's the same company. I know it's not, but it, no. it, it might as well be that I've had their similar brand. But yeah. I'm absolutely, I'm blown away today by by coffee. I don't yeah. know why, but it just, I just absolutely am. But the purpose of today's podcast, guys, is thank you very much for sticking with us through the donut review and the breaking donut is we're actually going to get into what is going to be a mini series of episodes coming up. And I think it's probably going to fall into about a six to seven part mini series. And these are going to be mini episodes. Mike yeah. and I have a tendency. We we do about a 45 minute to an hour episode normally on different topics. And this one is, you know, an opportunity to be able to sit down and really, really nerd out. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that struck me right off the bat was uh, how much more interactive we're going to be able to be with our, you know, so-called fan base. So, you know, uh, the the joke that I say, my mom's downloaded the podcast 800 times, uh, obviously not true. And, you know, to all you people out there, we're going to approach this in a new way that we've never done before. Uh, Mike and I have been bouncing ideas off of each other of how exactly we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to break these uh this down into segments and uh, we're going to sort of advance promo it on Instagram and on the website and uh, we're going to be able to get some interaction and uh, some comments and uh, an opportunity for our listeners to basically kind of jump in and be a part of it and without further ado I'm just going to spill the beans uh, we're going to present the Unreasonable Grounds Hollywood Cop Car Challenge Man, I'm excited about this. I'm absolutely blown away. I'm there. There is nowhere else that you can go to see fictional vehicles put in a contest against each other. Who comes up with this? This is Apparently my question. We do. <laughs> Apparently, we do because we're nerds. Uh, I'm, and this is what's really been on my mind for a long time. Is you know, I love cop cars. You love cop cars. We 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 gush about the. Uh, Blue Line magazines, top dress yep. PCs, all the rest of that. And those are real police cars. In yes. this case, man, we're going back. We're going to the silver screen. Well, and we've talked about cop movies before. And this is our chance to bring some praise for the unsung, uncredited heroes in the films. And that is the vehicles driven in those movies that we've come to know and love. And, and, and this list came together almost seamlessly. With, oh, yeah. You know, we came up with some ideas. I came up with a couple. You came up with a couple. And then what I was blown away by, again, Mike, you had mentioned it before about the Instagram pages uh, through my personal account, the actual podcast account. And I just threw it up there as a possible an idea. What did we really like? I've done it in the past talking about the favorite, what's your favorite superhero? What's your favorite yep. cop character, TV cop character, whatever it might have been. And then I was like, you know what? Why don't we do this? And we talk about the favorite cop cars yep. from film. Yeah. You wouldn't believe the response that I was getting from the polls, from everything else. And then I, I was making some ridiculous comments about what you actually think is a cop car. <laughs> yeah. Like what is, you know, what is considered a cop car in a movie? Oh, for sure. And we started looking at it and be like, the way I see it is, is this, is uh, the criteria for making it onto the list is A, it has to be in a movie. And B, it has to be either used. Yep. Uh, commandeered 
or driven or whatever functionally it has to be a cameo of some sort yeah. in the film and used by the main yeah, yeah. stars of the film the exactly. main characters and because you can say all day long you're like oh i like it from uh end of watch i love the crown vic and end of watch yeah okay everybody loves the crown vics we get it we yeah. everybody loves that car i'll even tap on one model i have right here in front of me for the crown vic yeah but it's nothing special no but our list does contain a special crown vic an extremely special crown vic that has a, a particular skill set yeah. i guess you could say yeah uh, you know at, at the end of the day i think this is going to be a lot of fun for us to chat about our listeners to chat about we're going to be able to rate all these vehicles and score them on a number of categories which uh, i continually point out may or may not remain consistent throughout these matchups it's going to change uh, i just feel it i know it's going to happen ridiculously one-sided biased i'm sure will come out in a lot of these uh but we're here for a good time and i feel the people listening probably are too so uh this is going to be a lot of fun and uh yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it's gonna we're gonna have a good time with it. Um, one of the biggest things I'd like to do as well too is that while we have the discussion about the actual podcast, uh, or, sorry, when we have the discussion about the vehicles themselves and we start putting them into pairings, uh, you and I will be able to uh, debate and discuss which we think is uh, better or whatever it might be, and exactly. have some really good discussions yep. about it. But I, I'm thinking that <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna come up at the end of the match, we're gonna talk about it. We're going to come up with our own decision of who we think is going to be uh, our personal favorite in the match. And then what we're going to do, we're actually going to give it to you. We're going to give it to the followers of the podcast on Instagram, because Instagram seems to be the tool for everything these days, as well as on the website, which is www.theunreasonablegroundspodcast.com. Don't forget to check back with that for updates and news on the podcast. We're going to give it to you and we're going to let you decide who is that ultimate winner if it goes to a tie. If you and I come up with an agreed yeah. upon uh, verdict on who should win the battle in the challenge itself, yeah. but that's great. And then we'll let somebody else, the other followers, bring up that's their right. opinion. That's but right. we might need a tiebreaker. And if we absolutely need a tiebreaker that I think is going to be really interesting and you and I both agree, we might even bring in a special guest to be able to come in and, and, and break that tie. Which I think would be a lot of fun. I think as the playoff tree breaks down to the semifinals and potentially finals of the list that we have written up, I could see the necessity for a slightly less biased third party. (laughs) (laughs) It might bring some sanity into the whole thing. So on that point, we're going to have a true structured tournament style. We're going to have broken down into the bracket style. So we're going to have... Like head-on-head matches. Yep. And so, you know what? I I constantly say that I want us to hit the ground running. And we did today. I, I think it may entertain people if, uh, if you feel the need to allow people access to some snippets to, uh, into what I will call episode 8.5 that we tried to do earlier today <laughs> at the beginning of this. It's uh, a nine, talk- 9.0 and this is 9.1, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and how we kind of had to restart after some mental breakdown by the both of us. So It's uh, called Too Much Sugar, Really Good Coffee, yeah. and Recording Equipment, as anybody follows the Instagram accounts can have a tendency to break down. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, there, there may be some poor audio quality, but I think we could probably release a couple of, of uh, little snippets from that conversation earlier uh, where we have some hilarities to discuss. So I'm going to just start reading off some of these. Oh, no, you know what? Before I do that, uh, you, you zinged me with this earlier, so I'm going to zing you with it now. Uh, what's the most iconic car on this list for you? The most iconic car on this list? <sighs> yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to put it this way. It started off the chain of events that started a series that, God, is it like nine movies now? And it's going to have to be the uh, 1995 Mitsubishi Eclipse from Fast oh, and the Furious. Yes. Okay. I, you know, and this is the interesting thing because the more and more I talk to people about this whole thing, especially at work and, you know, fellow mm-hmm. first responders. And when I ask the question, I'm like, man, what's your favorite uh, cop car movie? Like movie cop car. And they're like, oh, you know, it's got to be, oh, man, that's really difficult. What, what would I choose? What would it be? And they start thinking about Mark PCs. I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, get out of that world. Start paradigm yeah. breaking, man. Outside the box thinking. I don't care if it's, you know, a 15 minute clip in a movie, but a cop's got to use it as a car. Yep. And Brian Spillner or Brian O'Connor, whatever yep. you want to call him, in his UC undercover capacity was driving a 1995 Mitsubishi Eclipse in the Fast and the Furious, the original. Yep. It is his eclipse at the very beginning of the movie that ends up getting shot up by Johnny Tran yep. and blown up because of the NOS. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the NOS. Okay. Was he a cop? Oh, yeah. He's a cop. Was he, dri- was he driving it to conduct an investigation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Was it a seized vehicle? Probably. Don't be revving the engine and shit. As far as I'm concerned... I really do think that it's going to end up being the Eclipse. Second only, and I'll only give a second because I think it's it's notable, only second to the uh, the limousine in SWAT. Oh, okay. Commandeered okay. from the high school students. Yeah. And the fact that they put an upper turret, basically, they set up a turret point from the very top of the moon roof or whatever yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. the sunroof, and that they pit a G5 jet yeah on a bridge yep and then use it as cover and concealment in a gunfight yeah it 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 definitely rings up there in iconic so that's why this list is going to be exciting and so. I, I absolutely love it so let's rattle off a couple of these are on yeah. they're on the list or this was the working list itself so i'm going to talk about the first couple here and we're yep. going to go to the 1979 chevy uh, monte carlo training day oh yeah i mean come on it's on bags yep it's rolling through the streets yep uh denzel washington ethan hawk are you absolutely kidding me yeah and again the, the car itself it 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 satisfies the iconic status it even a story element in the fact that you know people know it's his car because of how iconic it is and he, he doesn't need to lock his car because of who he is in the movie not just the denzel factor the you know it's just that epic it just screams la so yeah. i mean you know and, and the future concept car from back to the future that was your pick yeah so that's a super iconic one for me a it flies come on it flies yeah that's right 
You need to see that movie. Oh, God, I know. It's so bad. But it's not a so, cop movie. You can't hold it against me because I haven't seen it because no, it's not a cop movie. No, so it's not a cop movie, and it is used by cops in the movie. The cops aren't a main character. However, one of the main characters is loaded into the vehicle. <laughs> so they're... It, it, Fair it's enough. No, nope, no, nope. it's it's fair enough. I never, I special, never. It has a special place for me because when I was down in Universal Studios as a kid, back in 1989, I got to see them filming Back to the Future Two, and I saw this car in person and uh, some other stuff. So, anyway, that was a cool one. Keep on going down the list. Yeah, let's take a look at it. Let's go to the 1974 Plymouth Satellite, Dirty Harry. Um, oh, yeah. The fact that Clint Eastwood's character in that movie is iconic. You have to admit that there's every single police officer that I've met um, that had a lot of service on when I got on. I was I got on in 08 and 09. And it's like anybody that had 25 years, you know, whatever, 25, 30 years of service at that time wanted to be Dirty Harry. Oh, yeah. And he had that personality to him that like really yeah. the grinning, the I don't give a crap kind of attitude and all yeah. the rest of that. Um, and, and the then the car hand just cannon. Yeah. And the hand cannon, like the 357 <laughs> Magnum, like, That's come, right. are you kidding me? Yep. You know, it, and everybody had that personality to them. So the vehicle itself, um, I'm, you know, it's going to come up in the discussion because oh, yeah. realistically, I think almost the, the character is more iconic, but when you ask people that follow the podcast, it was the first vehicle that came up oh, yeah. multiple times was going it to be the iconic. Dirty Harry Mary. So, I mean, you know what? Yeah, it's definitely made the list. But moving into the next one is going to be the 2016 Ford Mustang from Transformers. So it's Barricade. This is par- yeah. Barricade version 2, actually. Because to this punish is, and enslave. That's right. So to punish and enslave is in the first one as well, too, with Barricade, the first Transformers, who battles Bumblebee in yep. the industrial building or whatever it was in yep. the intro to Bumblebee. So we're looking at the 2016 rendition of it, which would be from Transformers 4, I think it is, with oh, Marky God, Mark. Yeah, I didn't... Yeah. And it is a insane-looking ride. And the fact that it's a Transformer is pretty cool, too. But the number one, I wasn't necessarily that thrilled with the first rendition, or at least the first version of Barricade yeah, in the enough. Shia LaBeouf yeah, the uh, version of... And I almost don't want to credit Shia LaBeouf at all. And I don't even want to say his <laughs> name. So I'm going to just call him SL uh, because of some of the the uh, clips I've seen of him when he gets taken into custody in real life and the things that he says about law enforcement. So I don't think it's worth, you know, using the guy's name again. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you just taking a look at it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... Uh doing the direct kind of mental comparison between the the one that i remember so it's like canards everywhere and it's just there's oh man (laughs) i I absolutely i i love the look of that car it's a mustang there's there's clearly a theme when Mm -hmm. we have our list we'll keep going down the list here but there's clearly a theme about what really makes an iconic american film cop car and it literally is a mustang everything is a mustang or it's a 2009 Toyota Prius. Oh, the soup kitchen. The F-Shack. The F-Shack. Where <laughs> Dirty you, Mike... Dirty Mike and the Boys. Where Dirty Mike and the Boys became very well known to each other. And I think a raccoon gave birth. A raccoon gave birth. <laughs> I do believe they pulled a private part of a deer out of there as well, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else did they get out of there? I think they got like a More dead... cocaine than Robert De Niro's nose. That's right, yeah. yeah. And I 
think possibly the FIS guys pulled out a dead mouse in a condom. Yes. I th- yes. Yeah, I think so. I, I I think that was right. But that was the 09 Prius from the other guys. That's- God, what an, what an iconic... Like just the fact that he's in there and it's Will Farrell, oh, not yeah. Colin Farrell, because I don't need to have another beer fine for that one. That's right. And it's Will Farrell, and it, it's just it matches his character so yep. well. And like with it a is, wooden yeah. gun, you know, it, it, we can talk on yeah, for hours it, on that it'll one. It'll be a good one. But then we slip into the '95 Mitsubishi Eclipse. We've Which already, we talked, already about talked about that. We go into the '97 BMW 540i from Gone in 60 Girl, Seconds. Gone in 60 Seconds. Man, like just even that car alone, it, they had the gall and the wherewithal to be able to go up against uh, Eleanor, yeah. a 1967 GT500 mm-hmm. Shelby Mustang fastback mm-hmm. Eleanor, and you know what? Yep. They keep up with it, yeah, and they almost get knocked through. I almost thought about making a part of this list was the Jeep and gone in 60 seconds. There is a jeep cherokee that is marked up with i think it's lapd colors or oh, okay. la county sheriff's colors that yeah, gets blown say. through a wall by that giant wrecking ball yeah i was like i, I think it's a sheriff or something isn't it so <laughs> that's right oh, it's been such a long time since i've seen that movie <laughs> and uh and i just i really love that pairing and they drove the, that thing oh, everywhere yeah. and it was just one of those ones really well used but it's the badassery of the fact that it these is, guys yeah. are in LA, yep. or at least in LA County, and or I think it's Newport, and they are driving around in this BMW as an auto crime team. Yeah, like come on. Yeah. So I obviously added that one. That was my little touch to that totally. one. Uh, moving down to the 1972 Ford Gran Torino from Starsky and Hutch. Love it. Great addition. Yeah. I, I will say that there seems to be this like era vehicle thing that we got going on it's either it's either a brand new film you know in the last 20 years uh, it's amazing i'm calling that a brand new film but or they're going back to the 70s and 60s yeah i i think either way you look at this one it's an iconic vehicle just by the paint job alone i think it speaks for itself and people see it and it's just that red and white with the yeah. red with the white trim, the sliding across the hood stuff, like it's, well, and you know we were talking about the presence of American muscle and just the the badassery that's associated with it, right? Like it will stand solid on this list. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, moving on to the 04 Ferrari 430 Spider from Miami Vice. Yep, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Like Irish Colin Farrell, that's, opposed that's right, to yeah. American Will Farrell uh, from Miami Vice and Jamie Foxx. That's right. So Jamie Foxx was always riding shotgun in that one. Yeah. I kind of yeah. felt bad for Jamie Foxx because I don't think he ever got to actually drive that car. Well, I think from my poor memories perspective of Miami Vice, the original. Yep. I don't think. He ever drove it in that either. Like back, I don't. He was always the passenger. That's right. I think I'm so. pretty sure Don Johnson was always the driver. Don Johnson would have been the only driver. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, but again, I'm this choice to put the Miami Vice Ferrari in here. Um, it's because I really like Ferraris. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I hate the movie. Yeah. It's too We've dark. We've talked about this movie before, yeah. and uh, I, personally, I I love the movie visually. I think it's shot really well, like great cinematography, and what was it, Michael Mann doing his thing with digital? It was one of the first digital films. Yep, super cool. But the actual movie itself, unfortunately, forgettable. 
Yeah, exactly. So, I, I've never really went back and was like, you know what? Yeah. I haven't watched in a long time. Miami Vice. Yeah. yeah, I I own it, but it doesn't get a lot of time in my DVD player. <laughs> you know what? I haven't seen in a while. SWAT. But you know what? Does? I'm turning SWAT on. That's what I'm doing. When if I'm like really looking forward to that, I'm turning on SWAT. But we'll get to SWAT here in a sec. One that I have watched many times and probably worn the DVD out a little bit was the remake of Walking Tall and seeing The Rock in his 1989 Ford F-150. Classic. Yeah, that car, uh, you know, went from criminal to cop. There was there was nothing better than seeing that Ford F one fifty rolled out. He's got it. He's got it. It's either it's on bags or it's just lifted to hell. Oh, it's got to be lifted. And he's got that. It's more than just a leveling kit. He's got to at least have a six inch to an eight, ridiculous eight inch mm-hmm. lift oh, on yeah. that truck. And the fact that he's got that just the long log, the, yeah, his, the wood his, that he always lumber. Carries, his lumber he carries around yeah. as his use of force tool. He carries yeah. that in the shotgun rack on the back window. And he actually, I thought was really neat too, is the fact that he actually, you see him in the film putting on the actual decal onto the car. Yes. I mean, yeah. come on. He, he takes mo- his private truck and slaps the old sheriff logo right onto the thing. How much more Bush League could you possibly get? Like, could you think of any more anything more rural policing than actually having to put your own well, decal on the car? was filmed in Squamish. <laughs> That's where it was filmed in Squamish, wasn't it? <laughs> You can actually see the chief in the background. For anybody that... Oh, that's right, to come yeah. to think of it. For anybody that's not from BC or, or from the United States or whatever it might be, where we're recording uh, right now on Vancouver Island, if you took a straight like northeast shot, I guess you would say, yeah. uh, probably has, has the crow flies, what, an hour and a half? If you went straight north in an airplane? Yeah, like, yeah if you're a fast crow, yeah, even less. I don't know. Yeah, you would get Unless to Unless you're the CF-18. <laughs> Yeah, you get there at about four minutes, four but. seconds. Yeah, uh, it's very close. Squamish is a great place. Have you ever heard of Whistler? It's right beside Whistler. Yeah. It's man, what a nice place. And it was filmed there. I forgot, totally yep. forgot that it was filmed totally. there. But following along with a little bit of Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, uh, another addition to this list was the Navistar MXT. Uh, yeah, the Navistar MXT. Wait, the Navistar MXT. Do you do you, do you know the uh, Navistar MXT? Because every time I say it at work, I'm like, you got to add the Navistar MXT. People are like, are you speaking another language? Well, the, the, the company that makes it is international. The frame, the actual front and the yes. body is that, but it's actually, it's a Ford engine with a Chevy uh, transmission. And they're in like their their specs and all the rest of that kind of thing, but uh, with the RCMP, the actual vehicles like our tabs are yeah. actually based off the exact same vehicle. We just have a different body type on the back, yeah, but it's identical. And thankfully, I've had the opportunity, which was pretty cool, to actually drive one. Yes, which scared the living hell out of me. <laughs> My God, I only drove like maybe thirty k, and I was like, I'm done. I'm good. I don't need to try this thing anymore. These tanks are wonderful, but my God, it was a scary experience. You know what? And that's it right there. It's a tank. And for anybody that hasn't seen the movie, what is it? Fast Five, I think, that makes its appearance. Yeah, I think it's Fast Five. Uh, When they're in Brazil, right? Yep. That's where it kind of shows up the first time. And I know he uses it again in one of the other movies after. Yeah, I think think you're right. I think it was Fast Five. He uses it. And then the second one was Fast Six. So it was Brazil. And it's then when they go to England. I th- or England or someplace else, but yeah. Either way, it's it's a beast. Uh, it it's iconic. It it's the Rock in in full Brahma Bull mode, and I I think it's going to be a tough one to kick off this list. Yeah, and it but it's 
It just screams cop, though. He is, uh, I think it's, uh, is it DHS or, it's not Homeland Security, it's not Homeland Security, but it's another uh, federal agency, policing agency, where he's going out checking out international fugitives and tracking down American fugitives. So, you know what, that screams cop to me. I don't care what anybody says, that's a cop. He's a cop. He's he's busting bad guys, he's a cop. Exactly. Uh, Moving on to the Crown Vic. Oh, yes. We were talking about iconic police cars. Here it is. You know, everybody who likes to, to, to tap the Crown Vic. We got to tap it for good luck. And oh, wait, wait, wait. I've got the coin. You, oh, you, you got to tap the coin. Nice. There you go. Whoop, whoop. So here's to everybody that has been chatting with me on Instagram, the followers, and chatting with Ashley as well, too, on Facebook when it comes to the favorite vehicles in the Crown Vic. Um, it, it, it's here. It's mm-hmm. on the list. It's a Ford Crown Vic, and it's from Live Free or Die Hard. The vehicle that John McClane... See, I kind of... I want to work on both these fronts, because I kind of had to have an internal debate over which one I really wanted to add to this list. So the very first one I was thinking of was the maroon uh, vehicle that John McClane is driving when he goes Mm -hmm. to see his daughter Lucy at Camden College or whatever it was there. Picks up Justin Long. That's right. Picks up the hacker, Justin Long, and then he goes and, you know, basically catapults the assassins Yes. Using the Crown Vic. And yeah. it's a really famous line. It was like, oh my God, you just see that? He's like, yeah, I just saw it. I just did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it gets all smashed up and whatever it might be. But on top of that, the other vehicle, the Crown Vic in the movie. Yeah, the marked what, Crown Vic. The marked Crown Vic from Washington, D.C., where he goes out and he catapults. Well, he doesn't catapult. He what would you call that? Releases uh, I, to the earth to the sky. As a verb, you could use the term A team. Very much so. He very much A teams that. Because it goes guy. off of a jump. He A teams it into a helicopter. It's it's absolutely. And again, there's another iconic line of him. Com- I can't remember exactly what the line is, but he shoots down a helicopter with a cop car. That's right. So and so it's a Crown Vic. Yep. And it's used, it's got its lights and sirens, it's got everything going, yep. and he jumps from it. Yes. He puts the pin down, and he yep. just absolutely... So, you know what? We can choose later on which one we want to use, if it's John McClane's one where he catapults the guy out, yep. or we can use the one that he uses to smash out the helicopter. I feel like it's going to be the latter of the, the two. The helicopter seems to have an edge in my mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's not any other car on this list that says, I shot down a helicopter, so... Actually, I'd say the Lincoln Town Car limousine from SWAT would actually do that. It wasn't a helicopter. But it took down a G5 jet. Ah. So We're skipping. We're skipping. Oh, no, that is the next one. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Reading's tough sometimes. So uh, we talked about well, it a little that bit. that brings us to our next one. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about it already with the Lincoln Town Car, yeah. and that was the limousine. So oh, yeah. we talked about earlier in the episode about it being commandeered. Yeah. Um, I'm in. I'm all in. I brought that one up. I can honestly say that was my choice. Yep. Um, because I don't care what you say. If you commandeer it, it's now being used as a cop car. Yeah, it's 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 an integral story element too. So it and, uh, it satisfies multiple categories yeah. of our so-called criteria. <laughs> Will it make it through the second round? We'll find out. God, I hope it does. Uh, then moving on to the 1988 Buick Custom Wagon. That's the, right. The Woody from Lethal Weapon. The Woody. Riggs's ride. Oh, yeah. So... I don't think there's very much we have to say about this. This is a severely... No, or I can say if you haven't seen The Lethal Weapon with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, turn off the remake 
and go watch the properties of weapon. Yeah, turn actually turn Mel Gibson beat up Gary Busey in the rain uh, and uh, enjoy this car being absolutely thrashed. <laughs> and and I would actually go as far to say is turn off this podcast right now and actually go sit down whether it be with a beer with a coffee if this is early morning you're listening those early morning listeners yeah uh, if you're doing it on the ride in whatever it might be remember at the end of the night go home and turn on Lethal Weapon what do we got three three or four I think it was four of the originals with Mel and Danny yes I think there, there was. I think there was four because I think four had the Grand Am. And that was with... Uh, uh, Jet Li, right? No. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. I think it was Jet Li. Because he was the bad guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was Jet Li. Yeah. Uh, go out and, and watch those movies, or at least start watching them. But yeah, definitely an addition that I really appreciate. Yep. Uh, the 1968 Ford Mustang GT from Bullet. Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm satisfying a couple of things here. I'm satisfying the needs of the followers and the listeners of the yeah. podcast because they continuously wanted to hear and see that how this vehicle shaped up against other cars. Um, would I, Mikey, be putting the 1968 Ford Mustang GT up against the 09 Prius? No. Are you nuts? No. You know what? And, and again, this is where... You know, the ridiculously biased categories that we have uh, where I fall out because I don't think I've actually seen Bullet. So, you know, it's... uh, I've seen it a long time ago with my dad. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I did a long time ago, kind of like rerun on the TV kind of thing. But it, it doesn't impact me in the way that really any of the other vehicles on this list impact me. Yeah, I think that we're, there's probably going to be an issue here is that um, I'm sorry to say, and maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe, you know, the, the people, if we come to a bit of an, a, a bit of a counterpoint in the conversation, the discussion when it comes to this match, that if it comes down to the fans and the listeners of the podcast, when they make up their mind on this one, it might make it through the first round. But I have my doubts. I really do. I have my doubts. Yeah. And um, I think there's better things out there. So Yeah. And I think if you have a really, uh, a really iconic car, as it is, mm-hmm. competing up against some of the other vehicles that are in this, just for, you know, badassery, you know, iconic yep. level, as well as usage yeah. and whatever it might be, um, it, it, it's gonna have to take a lot to make it through this particular um uh first round yeah i I have to say um next moving into was the spinner from blade runner blade runner so that one um i have to say it's been a long time since i've seen blade runner harrison ford's version and not colin farrell's version of blade runner because i believe it was colin farrell that did the remake with uh justin timberlake's wife there never mind total recall my bad sorry let's rewind rewind so just is, is that I, another Colin Farrell moment? <laughs> oh, you're, oh, you're busting my balls. Yeah, you deserve it for that one. Oh, my God. Okay, two beer finds. You know, I, you know what's good. Colin Farrell and Will Farrell. Okay, I can see, you know, there's some Farrelling going involved. But to suddenly bring up the remake of Total Recall... God, you know what? Okay, here, shaking my head. Here it is. We're keeping this in the episode because I feel like I need to uh, show amends for this. I guess you would say <laughs> much sadness. I'm. I'm. Oh God, I'm sorry, everybody. But yes, okay. So the Blade Runner, the original Harrison Ford. 
the spinner was pretty cool. I, yes, I will admit, absolutely. and it, it, it is iconic for the era of the '80s. I really will say that mm-hmm. when a time where they were creating some pretty weird and futuristic-looking vehicles, yeah. um, much to what we're seeing these days, maybe in the last 20 years with the Audis and iRobot, yeah. as well as possibly an iconic vehicle you might also appreciate. Um, from Fifth Element was the police vehicles in Fifth Element. Yep. Those floating yep. ones that Bruce is uh, yep. running away from. Absolutely. And like the taxis and stuff as well. And you know what? I think Blade Runner itself lends itself just to uh, real, non-fictional vehicles, especially well, considering the existence of Elon Musk's Tesla truck, which he directly says is inspired by Blade Runner. And you can't look at that vehicle and not think Blade Runner. So, you know. Or somebody drew a triangle with a little box at the end of it and was like, let's make that into a car. Well, that's the blade part, and then it runs. Wow. <laughs> so what you so going to do? So much deep what thought coming you from... going to-, to do when they come for you? 94 Porsche 911. That's what I'm going to do. That's right. From Bad, bad boys, boys to the original Bad Boys. Uh, we discussed this a little bit too, where we wanted what to make a bit of a. Oh, man. I you got to learn the X. I know. I put something on <laughs> face, or Instagram the other day about that too. I put the music on it. Uh, I know. I actually listened to that and laughed my ass off. <laughs> I'm getting better with Instagram. I gotta, I gotta say, uh, I have to thank my friend Andrea for teaching me how to put music on Instagram stories. Oh yeah, uh, the '94 Porsche 911 Turbo. That's obviously Mike Lowry's car. Mike um, Lowry. Mike Lowry. But you know, we had a good, good discussion about this probably about three weeks ago. Two, three weeks ago, you and I, when we discussed whether or not we wanted the 911 Turbo on there, um, is the 911 Turbo an iconic car? Absolutely, an yes. iconic car. Is there any other movie? that the Porsche 911 is in the film that could be even more iconic other than maybe Superman, where it was a whole bunch of black 911 turbos with whale tails, not cop cars. So I was thinking this, Mike, the Ferrari 550 Marinello from Bad Boys 2, which where it's Marcus, right? Marcus blows around through the dashboard. Again, Mike Lowry's other car. Mike Lowry's car. So, yeah. I, yeah kind, I kind of feel like we need to throw... We're going to do an, an audible uh, substitution. We're taking the 94 uh, Porsche 911 Turbo out. Yep. And you guys can, on Instagram, let us know what you think. Well, you know, actually, yeah. So here's our first audience interaction. What do we want for... Mike Lowry's getting one spot on this list. The Rock's got two, but he's The Rock. So Mike Lowry, he's getting one. Is he driving his 94 Porsche 911 Turbo? Is he doing the high-speed pursuit through the airport? Like, you know, those pretty iconic scenes right at the end, the climax of the movie. That car is very involved. <laughs> yep, I'll say that, yep. Or are we going Bad Boys too? And the Ferrari 550 Ooh. Marinello. That's right. And that's that a Ferrari monster now. of a car yep. when you think about it. And the fact, the way that he drives it, when he's spinning out... And he's got Marcus yelling and screaming and all the rest of that stuff. And he swings that thing around. Mm-hmm. He's looking at all the the Haitian gangsters or whatever. That he highway pulled, chase scene was something else. He pulls out that semi-automatic uh, carbine or whatever it was that, that he's using. fully automatic submachine gun. He blows them all away and then rips off that classic Ferrari tone. Oh, yeah. Flying away to the freeway. Yeah, come on. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? I'm going to put it this way, guys. Yeah. My choice would be the 550 Marinello. So let's hear what you got to say. Yeah. Let yeah. us know what you think. 
we'll move into the very last couple of them, and it's the 75 Chevrolet Chevelle Malibu from Bon Cop Bad Cop. One thing I gotta say, again, because this is Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to throw some Canadian content. In well, there. and and that's it. It's like you know we're not subject to CBC regulations, but you know I feel like we've satisfied them with this. I'd have to say so. Yeah, <laughs> is I don't think everybody's seen that. If you haven't, you should. Yeah, especially if you're listening to this podcast as a first responder, or we have lots of listeners that are first uh, wanting to get into first or, responder work. Or if you're a hockey fan, you should probably watch this movie too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's got and lots of rich content. Yes, it's got some good French swearing lessons if you want to learn French <laughs> swear words. Uh, Some, something about the tapestry and a cup. That's right. Um, <laughs> I ended up actually a funny story there. I ended up getting in trouble for playing that uh, clip where he's using this vehicle, where he's yeah. actually using the Malibu, and he's slamming the trunk on his prisoner or whatever, and oh, he can't yeah. figure out what's wrong with him, and he's trying to teach his partner from the OPP how to swear in French. Yes. And I tried to show that at Depot in a class about communication. Uh, they're like because there's a, a lot of really foul french language and you're like i don't speak french that's right <laughs> and so i actually i had it i'm not gonna say her name but I, my partner in there in my first troop and we both had this thing where we're like what would be really funny we got one english guy who barely yeah. speaks english we got or barely speaks english beer actually that was <laughs> yeah, freudian slip i barely speak english. english we uh, clearly have evidence of that still <laughs> And I have a French troop mate who, you know, limited uh, English or, under, yeah. you know, a full grasp of it, but really good from Montreal. And Let's face it, it's better than your French. It's way better than my French. And <laughs> uh, we had the opportunity to be able to go do a presentation on communication. Oh, so for sure. Bon Cop, had just come out. We were able to get a hold of that video on YouTube at the time in 07. Oh, right on. Like early YouTube, I'd Vintage. say. And we were able to do that, and we ended up getting in trouble by our instructors. So, like, are you kidding me? Use you swear words in a presentation that's supposed to be graded? Eh, well, hey, it's it's a form of communication. Whatever. Love it or uh, hate it. But the 75 uh, Chevelle Malibu, I'd like to see it go far. Did I'd you like, end up in the sin bin for that one? Uh, <laughs> we can discuss that another day. Uh, <laughs> and then the very last one, I think that we're going to slide into this one. Uh, the last two, and I think they're late entries for you and me, Mike, would be the four Taurus from Robocop and the bright Chevy Tahoe. Yeah. I want so, to see them on the list. Yeah. So uh, on my list, because we had already kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, I've crossed off the 68 Mustang GT from Bullet. Yeah. Uh, You're just writing it off entirely. In, entirely. For, yeah, I'm okay for, with that. For mimicking, again, the reasons that I said earlier, but also the fact there is another Mustang on the list. And it's the Transformers one. And I'm sorry, but it's a little more badass. Yep, I'll give you that. Uh, and then the other one that we crossed up was another Mustang off of Point Break, the Mustang Mach 1. And I'm sorry, but if we're going to do Keanu Reeves and a Mustang, we're going to do John Wick. So, you yeah, know, lo- yep. love me some Point Break. But this opened up a couple of slots for vehicles that I think we neglected to think about uh, earlier and that is the tahoe from bright which you and i have talked about bright before and how epic it is i love bright oh what a good needs movie. to be more of that there needs to be a sequel or a tv series like if hbo got their hands on bright and was like hey here's seven series would pay in the budget like you know game of thrones that would be absolutely ridiculously awesome but i have to wonder if they'd be able to pay off will smith to do it because they couldn't even get will smith for suicide squad 2 
No, and in all honesty, I don't think they need Will Smith to do Bright. I think the content of the world itself allows for a good story. Okay, I'll give you know, that. They couldn't do Will Smith for Independence Day 2, and they killed him off, wrote him out. But I think there's enough going on in the Bright world that yeah. you don't need Will Smith. They could bring in another strong actor. I, I agree. Or maybe let him do a cameo. Maybe it's a sequel. Maybe it's further along in the story, and now Will Smith's character has a slightly different role. Or maybe it's a prequel, and he's not at that point in his career yet, and maybe he's just in the background. Oh, he's just opening up ideas. I I love it. I I love it. Cool. Okay, so moving on. uh, Or the Taurus from RoboCop. Yeah, and this is RoboCop 1. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. it's RoboCop 1. The the OCP, I'm tearing the seat out with my hands, RoboCop. I want to see red get turned into liquid. (laughs) (laughs) I can... Red Foreman. (laughs) I can... I, I, I oh, really. No, it's not him that gets turned into No, it's his it's partner. His it's his little lackey yeah, that does. Goodness. And then uh, Red ends up getting like injured and, yeah, and yeah. hurt or whatever. He was limping around over yeah. there. The but other guy got turned into goo from the, the acid bath or whatever it was. That is absolutely one of the most goriest scenes in film ever. For the 80s. We're on another tangent again. Okay, yeah, so but I mean, if you, if, yeah, if you take a look at the Taurus, I think what we were missing in this list as well, too, was uh, more and more actual uniform police vehicles. Yes. And so. As special as this one is, it also still qualifies for that. So yeah, I, they both, I, this they one's both do. doing double duty for sure, and uh, that the Tahoe as well. And that they're, I think they're a perfect matchup, and I'm glad we've uh, allowed our bias to intervene and slide a couple out that may not have been as remarkable as uh, these two. So yeah, I I think that the list itself, we we're putting that together. We're going to be doing some more matchups. We're going to be making up that list. Uh, so that we can put a couple of these uh, episodes together pretty yep. quick. Um, what I'd say is this, is I think everybody uh, out there that has been downloading the podcast, showing the interest and, and showing our support and everything else uh, in listening, downloading, subscribing, whatever it yeah. might be, however you're showing your appreciation and support for the podcast, uh, Mike and I are extremely grateful for that. We're really looking forward to getting into these episodes, especially with these vehicles and the Hollywood cop car uh, challenge is what we're going to be doing. I'm so excited to get into it, Mike. I know you're excited as, excited as well, too, to be able to get into it. And I look forward to getting your feedback as well, too, the listener, and kind of giving us what, you know, your opinion, your comments, whatever it might be. You know, send us DM, send us messages on Facebook, whatever it might be, and just share it to the people you're working around you. Uh, to wrap up this whole episode, what I'll say is this, is that, again, we're very grateful for the support. We love talking to everybody, especially those that are, are, are letting us know what they think about the podcast, the things they like, what they don't like, whatever it might be. But what I'll ask is this, and as a big favor, spread the word about the podcast. This whole thing is about sharing the lighter side of police work. And right now, especially going on in uh, Canada and North America, especially when it comes to law enforcement, first responder work, we need more of the lighter side. And that's what we're doing here. We're giving you guys content that will hopefully allow you to get a bit of a chuckle and just get you out of that mind space of the daily grind of the job. So... On that point, I want to say thank you so much for for coming on and and downloading the podcast and checking out the website. So again, check us out. More episodes are coming up. Check out the previous episodes. Give us a download. I have made the promise, and Mike, I've told you as well too, we get those 1,000 downloads. I'm making 
custom challenge coins for the actual uh, podcast as well as I think I'm going to do some patches because I'd love to be able to see yep. the patches coming out. Uh, check us out, Spotify, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio app, not Apple Podcasts. We're giving that up. We're bye done bye. with Apple. Bye-bye, Apple. I'm sorry you're out. No more talk about it. And check out the website at www.theunreasonablegroundspodcast.com. Mike, I think we can both say we're looking forward to doing this some more. Definitely. Lights, sirens, heroes. You're listening to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. <laughs>